Good morning. Welcome back. Today, I'm going to be talking about IEPs. So, we're going to jump right in here because uh, I don't have that much time today. But someone had asked me a question about um, how to get certain supports for their child who was higher on the spectrum um, or ASD level one. So, I am not an expert, but my uh, twin daughters are, you know, they both have autism. One is level two, um, one is uh, level one. Level one meaning that, um, or comparable to kind of having traits of Asperger's or, um, you know, she requires supports, but not as many supports, um, so basically social pragmatic speech, um, emotional, um, issues when transitioning from different things. And she might have, um, some tendencies to, um, be a little rigid with certain things, not understanding certain things takes everything very literally, um, you know, certain things like that. That to me was more difficult, um, to navigate because, she has excellent communication skills. Um, her academic level is above where it needs to be. Um, so it was really difficult because a lot of people, they don't see autism when they look at her, which we all know that autism doesn't have a look, but a lot of people don't understand that. So it's really difficult to explain to people, even, um, professionals and educational fields. It's really hard to explain to people why she has certain struggles with certain things and why it affects her that way. Um, you know, it's not just a, a kid that's being bratty over something they don't want to do. Her body responds to it in a way where she's having a full on meltdown because of something. It doesn't make sense to us, but to her, it makes sense. So, and we'll delve into that at another time, but this is just going to focus on the IEP part of it because um, of the question that I had been asked. So basically for her IEP, because I want her to be mainstream, I don't want to take her out of a mainstream classroom um, because her communication skills are there, her academic skills are there, but she just needs a little bit of support with um, the emotional and social side of it. So when we went into the IEP meeting, I made sure that I contacted, um, her case manager, um, myself and kind of talked to her a little bit about what I wanted to ask for. Um, and then also to, I gathered all of her evaluations. And when you have your child, um, go through an evaluation. For example, I'm just going to use an OT eval, for example, and they're going to recommend what the next steps be in the process, like what would help her out. So even though my daughter that's ASD level one, even though she doesn't, the school probably would not give her OT therapy in school. The person that did the evaluation suggested an outside of school kind of thing or um, some desensitization techniques and you know how to kind of 
um, help out with that. Um, so I highlight that. I make sure that I bring those up because even though she doesn't recommend, you know, the therapy in school as needed, um, she recommended OT consult for the teacher so that if there is an issue and we recognize that issue that the teacher can talk with the OT therapist and myself and we can come up with a solution. Um, so I make sure though that I read all of that. I have that in my brain. And then whenever they go over the OT side of it, they go over that evaluation. I bring that up. Oh, Hey, by the way, she did suggest that she needed, you know, something outside of school and you can add notes to that. I mean, they should be aware of everything. Um, you know, and that goes with speech, for example, um, the psychologist that diagnosed my daughter in her um, evaluation and her report, it said that she would definitely um, have her have a speech evaluation for uh, pragmatic speech. So the um, IEP team did not want to um, support that for certain reason. And it's not totally negative. They just didn't see that she needed it from their observations. So from the school's observations, the department of education and, you know, the developmental services we were going through, um, they didn't really see that that was an issue. I just happened to want to have it done because if a psychologist is going to recommend it to me, I want to have it done just to be sure. They probably see this type of thing all the time. They know what's needed and what isn't needed. I'm not a professional, but I still like to know. So what I did in that situation was I went and um, I spoke with my daughter's pediatrician and I said, hey, look, it was recommended. It wasn't approved. I want to do this. What do you think? She said, I'm going to make a referral. She made a referral to um, a place that has the speech pathology services and they scheduled one and we got it done through them. So then I was able to take that evaluation to her transitional meeting um, before school started and I was able to present that to them and say, hey, even though you guys didn't approve speech on the IEP, I have her speech eval. This is what they recommended for right now for her needs and her age group. Her speech is fine, but they want to check back in in another year or so. And then off of that um, evaluation, they noticed that she had trouble with um, with like loud noises and stuff like, um, a motorcycle went by the window and she jumped and like grabbed her ear and the speech, um, pathologist actually wrote that down in a note that like, oh, we did notice this. So you might want to look into like OT. So I highlighted that I brought that up as well. You know, even the speech pathologist noticed that she needed, this or that. So that was an extra note on there. That was an extra little boost to that, you know, um, OT consult that we have on there. Um, anything that you can think of, anything that you can think of at all that might, um, they might need to know, even if it seems really small or really simple, or like it may not matter a whole lot, put it in there because they might have some ideas, um, to help out too. So, her preschool teacher was in there as well, which was a great help to me because she 
taught her. She knows what the, you know, the issues that we were having with her. She, you know, her struggles and stuff. She knows all of that. She remembered things that I didn't, um, you know, so we kind of worked together and she was very outspoken and we kind of, you know, mentioned every little thing that we could think of. And we got a plan together that worked for us. Um, you know, uh, (laughs) for example, my daughter is a really picky eater and it's really hard for her sometimes to watch other kids eat things that are messy. Um, both her preschool teacher and myself brought this to their attention. So one of the goals was to get her ready to eat in a loud, noisy cafeteria with tons of other kids. She would go into a quieter room with um, the kids that liked lunch in a quieter setting. And then if she wanted to go in the cafeteria, she could. And if she wanted to go into the cafeteria and she did and she didn't like it, she could go back to that, that other room. So she's already succeeded in that goal. She already is able to eat in the cafeteria now. It's wonderful. But just to have that there just as needed, it sounds really simple. But if you don't have that there, they're not going to follow it. They're not going to see it. It's not going to be something that they remember to do. They have, um, you know, tons of different kids and different things to, you know, keep track of. And it, you know, that's the kind of things that we want there having an extra person in the classroom so that if she does need that emotional support, there's someone there so that whenever, you know, something does happen or if something does happen and she's having a meltdown, the teacher does not have to stop and deal with that by themselves with other kids in the class, because that is a huge distraction and it's not really safe um, to have someone else there that can go help when necessary. Um, So that's what I mean by like, adding stuff to the IEP that's not setting your kid up for failure. If you know they're going to have these issues, do not be afraid to speak up. Don't say, oh, well, she might do different. So let's just hope and, you know, hope that it it goes different this year. And let's not say anything and then see if it works. No, let's have help first. And then if it works, then yay, it's a goal that's been accomplished. Not, you know, oh, this didn't work. So now we have to add this because it takes a long time to add something after compared to if you already have it lined up in the beginning. I cannot stress this enough. Evaluations take forever. Things take forever to do. If you're worried about something, it doesn't sound right to you. Even if the original IEP team doesn't back it, you go and get that done. Talk to your kid's pediatrician, get a referral. Um, even if you have to call, um, different, um, speech pathologists, just call and talk to people. It's, it's not gonna, it's not going to hurt anything. They're either going to be able to answer your questions or not. They're going to tell you where you can go. Um, it's all trial and error at this point. Like if you want to, uh, go on with something, you do that. You have that right. You're their parent. And if you know that something's wrong or that they're having an issue with something, then you know that, um, it is okay to, um, kind of like make sure that you're heard, Um, Not necessarily be pushy, but, you know, be consistent with everything that you want to have done. Consistently tell them about it. Tell them about everything that's going on. Um, So, you know, I think that that those things were the major things that I kind of wanted to, to have done. And 
you know, just to see where we're at. And, and that was the most important for me. And, you know, I think bottom line is you have to communicate with people and you have to learn to be brave and ask these questions and ask for things. Because if you don't, then how are you going to get them? You have to ask. Um, Even if it seems like the smallest, tiniest detail, if it's going to make your kid have a better day at school so that they can learn and they can focus on what they're supposed to focus on, then I think that that's a win. That's worth it. Um, So yeah, that is kind of how we went about it with my daughter's needs. Um, And like I said, every, like everybody's different, but with ASD level one, it can be kind of difficult because, you know, it's just like, you don't know uh, what they're going to approve or what they're not going to approve. I've heard um, people talk about how it's really hard to be approved for things when you're ASD level one or you have Asperger's or whatever. So I wanted to make sure that I stayed on top of everything, um, so that it, there wouldn't be any questions or there wouldn't be any, um, kind of like lapse in when she started school and when she received the, the, uh, supports. So there you are. Um, my other daughter, you know, she is nonverbal. So, you know, her IEP is, um, it's not simple, but it's straightforward. Um, you know, she needs to work on her communication and, you know, regulating her emotions so that she can, um, have less, um, meltdowns and SIBs, self-injurious behaviors, um, so that they can test her academically and she can learn. So a lot of her learning is ABA therapy based. Um, so it's just getting her to that point um, and speech and OT and, you know, working on all of that stuff. And, you know, it's not, it's not really, um, any different than it has been in the past, like couple years. So, you know, that was kind of an easy transition. Um, now when she transitions into a different school, Oh no, I don't know what, how, or how that's going to go. So, we shall see. But thank you so much for listening. And I hope that answers some questions. Um, you know, that's kind of the best advice I can give. Like I said, I'm not an expert. She's just been diagnosed. I'm just kind of relaying all the information as I learn it and talk about what works for us. And hopefully it can help someone else that's going through the same thing. And I really hope it does. Um, I really wish that, you know, they had better services for parents once they find out that their kid has this diagnosis. Um, you know, like, well, what do I do next? Um, and even in the waiting in between the evaluations and stuff, cause it takes time to schedule all these things. What can I be doing as I wait? Because waiting is the hardest part. And you know, so anyway, now I'm rambling. Okay. Well, you guys have an awesome day. Thank you so much.